HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by The Brooklyn Kitchen. Learn more at brooklynkitchen.com. Borders seem to be all over the news lately. You've got trade wars, Brexit, and of course, Trump's wall. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring how borders are created and blurred in the world of food. We try to focus a lot on the fact that they are chefs by nature, uh, that the refugee thing is just a status for them. And after the Soviet space ended, I don't think there was much research. It was all considered just Soviet food or Russian food. And I don't think it gives a lot of those cultures credit. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's meet plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, it's Tuesday, March 19th. 2019. I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host of Beer Sessions Radio. We've got a great show tonight. Uh, a lot of cool things are happening in the world of beer, um, but our good buddies uh, Alex from Spite and Dival, one of my favorite good beer seal bars in Williamsburg, and B.R. Roya and Joel Shelton from Shelton Brothers uh, are usually on the top of what's going on. So we're just going to kind of talk about what they're doing. They've expanded into uh, beer tours. There's uh, one of our favorite breweries from Montreal, Du de Ciel, it is releasing the Peche Mortal. It's going to be a Peche Mortal day at Spite and Divas. This is kind of like a little, little looking through the lens of uh, one of our favorite beer bars and their relationship with uh, one of our favorite beer importers, Shelton Brothers. So, guys, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, everyone just say, say your name. and uh, uh, B.R. Rolia with Shelton Brothers. All right. Hey, what's up? I'm Alex from uh, Spite and Divas. I'm the GM and beer buyer. I'm Joel Shelton, Dan Shelton's brother. So the the backstory on uh, Spite and Dive, well, in the old days with, with bars and restaurants, the importer-distributor relationship was really important because that was the only way you could get your pick of, of, of what was good. And I remember that from my first restaurant. I had you know, wine distributors that I really stuck with because you, you, those relationships are important. It's a little different than when you now you can just buy directly from a, a brewer in New York City. I know there's some backstory with uh, Joe Carroll and Spite and Dival and Shelton Brothers. Do you want to talk about kind of the ongoing relationship that you have with some special importers like Shelton Brothers, Alex? Sure. Uh, so I've I've been working at Spite for 
over a decade. I was a bartender for a long time, and uh, when the old uh, GM uh, stepped down, um, they were like, well, you seem to know a lot of what's going on, so you should do this. And um, that being said, you know, working there for as long as I did, I got to know BR and Bob and Joel and all these guys and everything. So um, so it was just a nice, like, kind of continuation because it was like I got to be professional work colleagues with people I was already friends with. So it was really great. So that's nice and everything. But then on top of that, you know, we were, you know, the, the relationship between Spiden and, and the Sheltons is deep. So it was just nice to be able to, to work with people that really knew what was going on and had really cool stuff coming in that you know, not a lot of the people were interested in or knew about. And they just were like, we want what you're doing. So it's been your What's the relationship like for you guys with, with a, a great beer bar like Spite and Dival? It definitely makes the job easier. Um, but, I mean, Spiten has been one that's, you know, they've been supportive since day one because we were bringing in small, you know, at the time they were primarily focusing and, and still do on, on Belgian breweries uh, with some, some Germans thrown in. And, you know, we had some very, very small Belgian breweries that really weren't, very weren't very very well known so you know and joe was very happy to put them on because it really made his, his list stand out because he wasn't just putting on the, the big names um you know even from not necessarily industrial size but the bigger names that everyone was familiar with at the time back then uh which is what 21 years now 20 it's biden yeah no we just had our 15th 15th okay i'm getting 15 uh this past okay. uh, september yeah so, so um but it's great i mean you know they still, yeah. still Vener- taking- venerable still venerable <laughs> but um, you know, they order a bunch of our beers they're, they're, you know, their list is solid. And, you know, it's one of our go-to spots when brewers come through town, they'll often say like, Hey, can we do an event at Spiten? Because they just like the welcoming vibe there. You know, it's a, it's a very warm place and, uh, enjoyable to drink beer at, especially when the backyard is open. And mm-hmm. I, I remember when, uh, when did you guys first get due to Seattle? Let's talk about that little brewery in uh, Montreal. It's probably been maybe about 12 years. It was shortly before... My tenure with Shelton Brothers, uh, and that's I'm going on I think uh, nine years now. Uh, so, I do remember that Dan uh, had asked me to help with some of the translations from their labels uh, at the time. But that was before I was working with them. Um, but uh, yeah, they've you know they make fantastic beer. I used to travel up to Montreal frequently uh, for my old job, and told Dan I was like, hey, you know, if you're looking to import some beers from from Quebec, definitely check out these guys. And I know he and Tessa had gone up there and were very impressed. Um, and uh, you know, they're, those guys, they're great guys, uh, really nice people as well as excellent brewers, um, and you know, happy to have them in our portfolio. And yeah, this Saturday is the annual Peche Day, which they do to celebrate. Uh, their Imperial Coffee Stout, the Pesce Mortel, Deadly Sin. Uh, and Spite and Dival was well, one of the bars that is poured. They're the only one in New York City. I think it first it started um, back in 2015 was the first time they did it in the U.S. And they only had two locations in the U.S. They had Spite and Dival and then also Three Penny Tap Room up in Vermont. And then since right. then they've expanding, expanding. I believe this year we are up to 21 bars in the U.S., uh, yeah. four in New York State, um, but only one in New York City right now. It's a it's an, an incredible list of places that get it too. I mean, it's like a internationally is like a who's who of like some of the best beer bars in the world. I think it's sixty eight bars around the world right yeah. now. Um, they wanted they were inspired by Cantillon's Vanza Day, uh, which is you know celebration of the beer. Every, you know, all the bars will tap the same beers um, on the same day, uh, and uh, they this year it's uh, six different variations of the for for the U S. of the coffee stout. 
Um, so, you know, you want to get your buzz on with, uh, there's nothing like a, a pêche, I don't know, hangover. Pêche mortel, <laughs> and you don't even have, a, you don't even have, what, it's coming in tomorrow, the delivery, right, Alex? It's coming so tomorrow. So we don't even have a bottle to drink tonight. <laughs> right. Right. Man, I got to go to Spite and Dive on Saturday. You do. It's awesome. It's a, it's such a good event for us. Like it, because we're one of the only places to get it, and, and it's this time of year too. Everybody's been inside for. And let's face it, we've had a. This has been a really rotten winter. It's been hanging on, and every time you think it's going to be over, it just gets cold again, and it snows, and you get one warm day, and you know. But we're. I think we're around the corner. I think we've turned the corner. Maybe. So let's have that coffee imperial stout kick off spring, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's a great like annual thing we're doing. Now. You know, and the whole Sheldon Brothers thing, you know, Joel, Joel Sheldon's here too. You know, you guys beyond finding all these beers, you guys are like you know kind of the beer hunters. You've you had Dude to Ciel and then Jolly Pumpkin, the first American brewery you guys had, and then suddenly you guys had New Zealand, even New Zealand uh, beers. Um, but you you guys have put it together now. You're offering beer tours. Which is sounds like it's right up my alley that I could go to your curated uh, beer experiences. Look, tell us about some of the beer tours that you're part of, Joel. Well, Dan has been talking about doing this for a really long time. It, it, the idea being to kind of recreate the experience of going over there and discovering beer, which is how we got started, of course. And... Um, Dan being Dan, it would never would happen if I didn't do it. So <laughs> I, I finally said, all right, we're doing it this year. And uh, that was last year. And we sort of did it last year. We had a tour of Franconia in northern Bavaria. And we tried to do a Spanish one, but it was sort of ill-planned. Ill so this year we said we're going to really do it right. And we have three planned uh, just coming up in May, uh, Belgium and France, kind of kind of going between the borders back and forth. And then in June, uh, Barcelona and the area around there, which is kind of a maybe an odd one. People don't know much about that. But uh, then Franconia again, which is a place we go every summer. So we're, we're just trying to show people what the experience is like actually being in the place and drinking the beer, which is sort of the next step up from just buying it here and drinking it, I think. No, that, that's going to be great. And we're going to talk more about that. Let's talk about Duda Ciel. So uh, I know you brought... So because Peche Mortel is coming to New York, we don't have it right now, but we have another... Well, yeah, we actually did. I just the the peche Mort, the regular peche mortel is, is available in bottles. The other variants um, mostly right. are just done on draft for uh, for the event. Uh, right now, we're drinking the Iseki Nicho, which is their Imperial Dark Saison, um, and that was one that their former uh, the head of the brew pub, uh, Bim Luc Lafontaine, Luc Bim, Luc Bim had <laughs> that was his recipe. Uh, really, really nice. One of, one of the first, I think, dark saisons to come out commercially. Really nicely balanced between the the uh, character of the Belgian yeasts and then the roasty notes, but not overwhelming. Um, and he's got his own place now in Toronto called Godspeed, and we're getting draft from him right now. Yeah, we had him on about a year and a half ago, I think. About yeah. On the yeah. Show. yeah. And Alex, uh, what other do to CL beers do you, do you usually carry? Oh, How does it do for you guys? Great. Awesome. Because people who know, like, good beer are fans. I mean, and they make beers that have, like, you, you tell people what Pesha Mortel is. A lot of people, a lot of good, educated beer drinkers know what Pesha Mortel is. And, you know, they make that. They make uh, great barley wine in the wintertime. They make uh, some really delightful stuff, uh, sour stuff, um, raspberry. They make one called... Um, the Solstice Dete. Yeah, Dete, the summer. right. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's just like this beautiful, bright, tart, raspberry kind of lactic thing. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, we always try to get stuff when, you know, 
we're we're particular. We don't get everything, but you know, we the stuff we get in, man, yeah, we can't really keep it on the shelves. So, how do you describe do CLBR? Are they uh, just innovators? Are they art, artisanal? I think brewers? both. I mean, they started uh, they started as a brew pub in Montreal. Uh, with a very, very tiny space, and they still have that space. And then I think that was, I think they had their 20th anniversary. I think maybe that's why I'm confusing the 20th. Their 20th yeah. was this past fall. Um, a fantastic event they had. It was actually in a church basement. They had to stop the music at, I think, 4 or 5 p.m. because mass, Saturday evening mass was going on <laughs> upstairs. So they said, for an hour, we're not going to have any music. We'll turn it back on when uh, when mass is over. Um, but they now have expanded a production facility to out in San Jerome, which is about 45 minutes to the west of Montreal, because by law, you can't sell, you can't package beer for sale at a brew pub. It has to be a separate facility. So they've got that. That's where all the bottles are coming out of, where most of the draft that comes to the U.S. comes from there as well. But every now and then, about four times a year, they'll send us a mixed pallet from the Montreal Brew Pub of really exclusive items. So we might get three to four kegs of something that are only a brew pub beer that we then farm out to really good accounts around the around the country. Uh, some places, Spiten can't because they don't have enough draft lines. They just, they're full up with Peche this, uh, this Saturday. Mm. But um, other bars are taking in some of these special beers uh, from around the country on Peche Day or, you know, might pour for other events. But, you know, they started out as really kind of one of the innovators. Um, a lot of people were thinking in Quebec or you know, in Canada, you know, you've got Labatt, you've got Molson, you've got the big industrial ones. In Montreal, you had Boreal, you have a McAuslin, you know, which do some very solid kind of middle of the road, you know, they'll do a Blondale, they'll do an IPA, they'll do a Stout. Um, and UDCL was one of the first that was actually putting out really, really good beers that were, you know, not just sort of a step up from homebrew, but actually beers that were creative and complex. And at the time, there was very little of that in, in Canada. Quebec tends to be at the for, tended to be at the forefront of the craft beer in Canada, I think. Um, the other provinces tend to be a little, tended to be a little bit more like Focus. I think it might be the their 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 francophile uh, attitudes, where you know both with cheese and with food, um, because uh, the other provinces were more as more anglophone. Were having you know they had their IPAs, their stouts, their porters, whereas the breweries in Quebec skewed more Belgian, uh, more European, or more uh, continental than uh, than British. Yeah, I've had some great beers from them. What's the one with black pepper? Like root. Oh, spice. the root daisy piece, yeah. the spice rose. Spice yeah. daisy piece. A rye beer with uh, green and black peppercorns. Yeah. We get that one at Spain. And those beers were, were great back then, and they're still popular, which is really rare, I think, to have a brewery that's that popular still after so many years. That brew pub is, we had the very, very, very fortunate opportunity to go up there and actually brew a collaboration. They, they made a beer with me and my uh, coworker, Chris Kachuka, who's another manager at the with Joe for under Joe Carroll and uh, we went up to Montreal and we made a beer together they were like so tickled and thrilled that we even even asked hey would this be a possibility they're like yeah you got to come up here though and man they were the most gracious hosts and they got us really really drunk <laughs> and they're all incredibly handsome and like we just we they're all, so they all you better stop this story here <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry are they all named Luke yeah they're all uh, they, there's a couple ev- Luke's everybody there's a lot of Luke's um, Luke, Luke. Yeah, there. But they, everything was just, just killer. That brew pub is amazing, and it is packed. It's Can't always even packed. Believe how packed it was, you know, in the middle <coughs> of the week. There was just there was nowhere to sit, and they have. It's not a big place, but it's no. not. They, but they have a lot of seats, though. You know, I feel like there's a lot of 
tables and yeah. chairs and stuff. It's uh, but they pack them in, and it's it's yeah. always yeah. It's it's yeah. also a, it's both a neighborhood bar. Like you get a lot of locals coming through who are just there to have a beer, but you also get the beer tourists. People are like oh, I've got to go. I mean, that's the one place that is it's definitely top notch for me. But in eight nine years ago in New York City, they were the most exciting brewery. When when I when you first started working, BR and um, they came down to New York for a couple of our events. It was really great, and I still think highly of their beers. Yeah, they used to come down more often. They they they're now so busy. They keep saying we got to come back to New York. So we'll try to get <laughs> yeah. them down. Well, I want to go to the brew pub. That's the thing. Oh yeah. So in terms of your tours and stuff, um, what what would it take to set up a tour of Montreal? Like what what would be your ideal Shelton Brothers Montreal tour? I'm not putting. Putting the you need to get some you need some push man no no we you need do. more tours come we on always, well we want to see if these other ones work first but we have a million ideas but we were just talking before the show for the first time about a Vermont Montreal yeah we do a Vermont Quebec tour yeah that would There's be enough because uh, it's fun to cross borders and just show but do they have the, to be you know, do they have to be places that you guys import or could well, it just be your your choice of we we mix it up restaurants we mix and, it up I mean part of it is to show the stuff we the people we work with because that's it gives people who come on our tour the opportunity to actually meet these guys in real life and not just be tourists, and they can sort of experience what it's like to actually work with these people. So, so that's, who would you include in Vermont? Like, would you go to a, a pub? Would you go to restaurants? I mean, we have good relations with a lot of a lot of the bars in Vermont because they tend to, and they tend to pour a lot of our Quebec breweries, whether it's UDCL or Dunham or Trois Muscatères, uh, True to Diable. Um, so, you know, we could do that. I mean, Hill Farmstead, we've known Sean for many years. He's collaborated with a lot of our brewers, so I can imagine... Assuming he was up for it, I mean, well, we're just yeah. we're just starting to talk about this. We're creating but, uh, a tour as we speak. As we speak, yeah. But but the, no, the light and devil. Well, you have Vermont, a remarkable Montreal liquids portfolio tour. too, and that's like that's know, true. Yeah, and they have a ton of Vermont brewers too. Yeah, so zero they, gravity. I mean, uh, you know, zero Joel and I've known awesome. uh, Paul Saylor since he was working at Commonwealth here in uh, in New York City. Wow, going back, going yeah. way back. <laughs> Still remember. Wayback yeah. machine. So we'll do that one next year. Next year. If 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 we sell out these tours this year, people, we'll we'll take you on we'll a tour of the north, the great north next year. Well let's make it to so again, what what is this due to seal beer that we're drinking? This is the Aseki Nicho, the Imperial Dark Saison. I love it, man. So it's we a, needed something it's imperial. It's a boozy beer too. It's nine and a half percent. It goes down so easy though. And I taste the heat on it too. Well, guys, this is a good start to the show. We're going to take a, a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is presented by The Brooklyn Kitchen a recreational cooking school on a mission to change the world by teaching people how to cook like grown-ups. The Brooklyn Kitchen began in 2006 when two creative home chefs, Taylor Erkinen and Harry Rosenblum, recognized an opportunity to create a community space with approachable, hands-on cooking classes and inventive culinary experiences. Taylor and Harry believe that cooking is a daily practice in creative problem-solving. They bring this ethos to The Brooklyn Kitchen, a cooking school that fosters community and redefines home cooking for everyone. Now located at Sunset Park's Industry City, the Brooklyn Kitchen hosts a range of public and private cooking classes, corporate team parties, pop-up dinners, and tasting events for cooks of all levels. Learn more at thebrooklynkitchen.com. Did you find 
Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. It's our 10th anniversary. Lots going on, including the Hall of Fame. Some of our uh, top guests have been already selected. Every month there'll be some new, new, newly announced. We had uh, Dan and Taylor Suarez of Suarez Family Brewery. And uh, Evan Watson of Plan B Brewery were some of the recent Hall of Fame uh, selections. So congratulations to those guys. So BR, uh, we're talking about... Peche Mortal Day at Spite and Dial. That's right. Uh, and uh, Alex, you were saying, tell us about the beer you brewed up in Montreal for your anniversary. Ah, right. Well, so um, I deferred to the uh, the fine taste of Mr. Joe Carroll, who uh, they were. We were just tossing around ideas about what kind of beer we would like to make. They they wanted to know what kind of beer uh, Jean Francois wanted to know what we wanted to make, and I was like, well, I. I don't know. And Joe was like, how about a beer that emulates? And this is like kind of awesome and out of the blue and why Joe was great. Um, he was like, why don't we make a beer that emulates the classic smoked meats of Montreal? Because Montreal right. is known for their smoked yeah. meats. And so Jean-Francois was like, that's awesome. <laughs> we should do that. And so what they did is they created like um, a spice mixture. That was the kind of spices that they use. So there's a lot of cumin in it and some peppercorns and stuff. And so we made this, like, really nice, very dry, uh, wasn't a grisette. It was, it was a, a saison. It was a saison um, with lots of uh, cumin and all the spices and stuff. And then it was, it was great. It was a hit. Was it pale color? Yeah, quite pale. Quite dry, light. Did it smell like Schwartz's when you were brewing there? <laughs> <laughs> That's the place, right? That's so Schwartz's, Schwartz's is a smoke. Yeah, yeah right. No, not quite, but um, but it was it was fun to do, and they put me to work too. I got to say, and like it wasn't just pouring hops into a into a, a boil. Like and that brew, that brew house is tiny. Oh yeah, I, I cracked my head a whole few times in that basement, moving uh, giant tubs of spent grain. The basement is about um, it's about three feet. It's like a crawl space, really. But that place has been there for so long; they they just do it. They don't even think about. Why well, is this okay to? store anything down here? I'm like, yeah, no, totally. You in America, you, you, yeah. you'd always have a <laughs> And they can't giant expand. Basement. They've yeah. got a firehouse right next door, right. so they can't right. expand. They're on a corner. And so often I will get uh, people, you know, accounts from New York buyers will say, like, hey, I'm going up to Montreal. Can you see if I could get a tour of the of, of the brew house there at, uh, you know, the brew pub? I'm like, well, you can go out to San Jerome and get a tour, but you're not getting one in Montreal because there's room for like two people. Is it really? Yeah. A, it's a three foot high ceiling basement? Yeah, it's really good. And they make hilarious. beer in that space. Well, they have a little, um, an area, like a brew area where all the, the boil, the, the kettles and the fermenters and all that stuff are. And it's, uh, they actually cut the floor away. So there, there are things that are sort of in this recessed area that you take a little step down and it's all uh, stainless steel and everything like that. Um, and it's all, that whole section is sectioned off by windows. So even if you're chilling in the brew pub, you can look over and see people making beer, you know. It's, kinda, it's great. It's super cool. Is it part of the old part of Montreal? No, it's what no. they they call the the plateau area. So it's a little bit uh, further uptown from from there, but uh, the Mile End Plateau area. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a great uh, you know uh, Casa de Popolo is a great music venue near there. Um, we, we went and got the bagels. Uh, the Saint Viator and the Fairmount bagels, Fairmount, the Montreal style bagels, right. which are not bagels. Not. <laughs> As a New Yorker, not bagels. No, I'm kidding. They're they're just different. They're good. They're, they're good. They're very good. But they don't. They are Montreal bagels. They're, they're Montreal New York, bagels. Yeah. In right. New York, have you had the bad uh, 
black seed black bagels? Seed. Yeah, very similar. Black seed skews a tiny bit more towards New York, I find. I, I don't know if it's the water or the flour they use, but it definitely is very, very much. It is close to the Montreal style. They're like thinner They're and chewier. Yeah, and chewier. Yeah. Wow. What I else, I mean, what else is about Quebec and Montreal? I mean, there's, there's also Hoffenstark, you mentioned, mm-hmm. Trois Musketeers. Um, why, why is that such a great area for craft beer? I don't know, but it is. I, like I say, I think it's the, you know, the influence of, like, they try to stand apart from the rest of Canada. Um, and, you know, their food is great. Their cheeses are amazing. I mean, I have a, a cheese notebook that I take up with me and always go to the cheese shops and be like, all right, I had these here from here before. Now, what can you get me that's you know, like these? And they'll, you know, each time I've got different cheeses. They've got fantastic markets. The people are really into their food and drink. I mean, they really are. They've got fantastic restaurants, both on the very casual level and on the, the high, the upper end level. And there's just so much going on with arts and music. So and, and I think that you know the beer, the culture that that feeds off of it. Everyone they're going out in the summer. They love going out in the summer because it's finally warm. Um, <laughs> but they still go out in the winter too. You know that's there's I got to say there's nothing nicer than sitting in the duty sale brew pub and having the peche mortel while it's in this, during a snowstorm because you get you're warmed up and you get a little bit of a caffeine <laughs> buzz. You're like yeah I can take on three feet of snow. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to Spite and Dive on Saturday, man. And we got, got we got the six different ver- you went, we we've got the bourbon barrel aged version. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wait, you have six different it's a very, different variants of it. Peche yeah. Mortels on draft mm-hmm. at Spite and Dive this Correct. weekend. So there's the original. Mm-hmm. You've got bourbon barrel aged, which uh, is last last year's, right? It's not it's not the newer because they there was two and we were only taking one and I think we're taking the older one. It's the newer one. The newer one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, sure. I believe so. And then mm-hmm. uh cherry, they've got one with cherries. Uh, one with coconut that's new for cherry and coconut is new this year as well as cocoa the peche mocha is a new one and then uh, whiskey barrel aged as well I scotch barrel aged yeah yeah. and how many were were offered that many that many there were six offered yeah yeah yeah. there was two variants of the bourbon and because we only have six lines it sort of seemed a little redundant to have two the same yeah, it was a 2017 <clears throat> version and a 2018 version. Right. So Spiten's got the 2018 version. Right. right. And a lot of your breweries, beer, you think they feed off each other? Because you, you guys have Cantillon, Cantillon Swanza Day, Duda Ciel's doing Peche Day. You've got your festival. You know, t- tell me a little bit more about how, how some of your breweries, you know, feed off each other. And uh, they definitely seem to have the same oh, vibe yeah. I mean, sometimes. It, well, I mean, it's also we have a sort of a, a kind of a... The breweries that we work with often have a similar philosophy, um, and those are breweries that, you know, they're they're very committed to what they're doing. They might not necessarily, they're not necessarily following trends uh, as as opposed to they are, you know, they're doing making what they want to make. Or we're working with very traditional old breweries. I mean, Joel can speak to some of our German brewers who've been around for years and years and years. Um, and a lot of them end up collaborating. And our festival, which is coming up, we will be making a big announcement later this week. Uh, we can't tell you where it is. No, you can't? We can't, but check in us. You know, follow Shelton Brothers on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, and there'll be an announcement uh, later this week. You really it's can't to, tell us now? I cannot. But it'll by be, the uh, time people listen to this, it'll be next week. That, that's fine. Uh, or <laughs> it'll be in the early fall. Um, Somewhere in America. Somewhere in America. But a lot of brewers actually end up getting collaborations, whether they come over and do collaborations uh, with American brewers. You know, for example, we, we're drinking now the, the De La Seine uh, Terrace Bulba. Yvonne will come and collaborate when he's over here. We have a recent one 
that he did with uh, Crooked Stave when we had our festival in Denver last year. Oh, no uh, way, they, really? They, went out, they went, actually went to, to Belgium for that. Um, he, they did one with Bellwoods from Toronto. Um, so a lot of the brewers meet up at our festival and come out with ideas for collaborations. Um, yeah, I mean, they tend to get along. I hung out with the Bellwoods people over the weekend, actually. At I the was Pastry Town. At the Pastry Town, which was awesome. That other half festival they had down in Industry City was tremendous. But I... Um, I volunteer for these things, so I always like to go and because I don't want to get a free ticket. I just want to go and hang I get paid. I get paid for these. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't get paid. I just I, I like to sing for my supper. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I was helping poor, and I was hanging out with the Bellwoods folks, and they're awesome. They're, it's really cool. Um, but wait, about the festival though. Can we play, like questions? Is it a hot place? Is it a hot place? Yeah, like Georgia was like a hot place. Oh, he's trying to trick us into ah. saying where it is. Is it, is it a dry place? place? We're not falling for this. Oh, hour. come on. It's it has daytime and nighttime. Oh, okay. Well, that narrows it down. Um, it's in the 48. Lower 48. Okay, that's 48, good. The yeah. continental United continental States. Continental U.S. Yeah. Hmm. So you should be able to figure that out. All right. Is it in a... Is it in a does, does the state start with a, an, <laughs> an M? Never mind. We're not telling <laughs> We're not telling you. We're not telling him, Jimmy. Move on to something else. <laughs> that's all right. By the time we listen to this show... We'll know. We'll that's know. Fine. So... Keep, keep posted with the Shelton Brothers. We promise not to tell. So De La Senda, these are like my, my dream breweries. You, you, before you were talking that uh, Thierrier is your godfather. Yeah. No, I just love them so much. Daniel and his wife. So let's just... go through. You got the Thierrier, French. Mm-hmm. De La That's Senda, we're going we're there on our tour. We're going to both of these on our tour, by the way. Let's yeah. Tell me about the tour, man. Oh, The French-Belgian one. That's the one I want to go to on that so bad. You I should mean. go to the Spanish one, Alex. You know, we have a running joke I, that I try to convince Alex he loves Spanish beer. He really does, but he's 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 ashamed because no, I discovered it first. I don't not like Spanish beer. <laughs> I just no. like to give you a hard time. You're gonna, about you're, it. gonna go on, you're gonna go on that tour. <laughs> we're going to in May. We're going. Uh, the idea was uh, we wanted people to see that that there was. This stuff is right all Joel wants to talk about is the Spanish. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. talking. I'm talking it. about France and Belgium. It. But we wanted people to see that you go a few miles across the border and there you are in France. And it's equally great beer right there. It's not just about being in Brussels or Cantillon. So who's on the tour? Belgian-France tour, which is, a, which is a tour I want to go on. The very That's first so stop, good. in fact, is De La Seine, which we are enjoying beer from right at this moment. We're going to, in fact, maybe witness a brewing between uh, Yvonne and Half Acre? I think so. Oh, wow. I think that's what he said. Um, cool. he, he actually said this a few months ago. I think I may be brewing with Half Acre that day. So we'll see what happens. We're going to be there in the afternoon. And Half Acre's probably so psyched, like, oh my God, I'm making a beer with De La Seine. And we're going to watch him. Yeah. We're gonna, uh, hopefully, and we'll see. Whatever happens, we'll be happy there. And then uh, then we go to uh, Dre Fontana, which is a decent brewery down the, down the road. <laughs> it's and yeah, it's, you may have heard it's of okay. Them. <laughs> I can rattle it off really quick. Then, go for then, it. Come on. And in the evening, we go to Duronk, which is one of my absolute favorite things in the world. We're Dur- have, not Duronk, eh? Duronk. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it doesn't matter. It's French for the Ronk. Um, but we're having dinner with, with them. And then we go the next day go off to Streuza, Struza, however it's pronounced. BRE could probably sp- no, speak Joel, Flemish. You're, go, go, no, Joel. Go, go, go. And then we're, we're popping into the <laughs> cafe. Not We're pop- popping into the cafe near West Flatteron, of course, which we... We, we take a little bit as ours because we were the ones that brought their beer in, but we're not going to the brewery. But we're uh, in the evening going to Thierrier, and then we're having uh, a dinner in France that night. And then the next day we go to... They're opening the restaurant just for us. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, the town is so small that the restaurant's not open every day. It's pretty so. awesome. It's, it's pretty special. And the next day we're going to visit a couple of breweries in France, Saint-Germain, page 24. And we're having a special dinner with them, private dinner, uh, lunch rather. 
and then we go to uh, La Choulette in the evening, which mm. these are places that people don't know very well, and that's what we wanted to see people. Now what's the La Choulette, the spring beer? It's got, it's got like a flower on it. No, that's Oberon, which we're going the next day. The next the morning. Cuvée des Jonquilles, the, oh, the, the daffodil beer. Yes, yeah, so we're going to Oberon the next morning, and they're making us lunch. And then we go to, uh, we're crossing the border, right? Just a few miles away is the beautiful Blogy oh. with the family. And then we're uh, thankfully having a rest in Brussels that night because we ate, our, ate and drank our way through this whole border area and we're totally stuffed. But the last day is pretty decent. We're going to make a side trip to Kirkham, the Bink, uh, Kirkham Bink. Bink Brewery. And then uh, uh, what I understand is more or less a private tour at Cantillon. And then we're having dinner with the Cantillons, whoever's in the family is in town that day. You know, my mouth is watering. This is like a, a, a beer history tour for me. It's awesome. I've had so many of these so beers cool. with you guys. It's a, it's a, the, the point is that you can go on our tours and you can, you can literally hang out with the brewers, the real guys. The real, it's not just this thing you stop and go to the gift shop or something. It's we're, 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 we're introducing to these people and how they really work and not just the famous breweries in Belgium or something. So that's why we want to cross over into France and show these other things. So that's the point of it. So, so we, cool. we think it's very special. And that's what we're carrying over to the other tours as well. So... There's something interesting in every country. Wow. Of, of those, PR, which, uh, which breweries in Belgium and France would you really want to go to or that you've been to well, and you all appreciate? All of them. <laughs> That's why. I mean, actually, I've not been to the Duranca Brewery, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been to all of our French breweries. Um, but the thing is, that, I mean, that's, you know, why we... we chose this area because there is and there's a lot of commonality when you figure you know southern belgium northern france you know the border is has not been around for that long but the beers have been um and, and stylistically they're in the same family and just wanted to show these then they're small breweries you know it's it's not quite the same as american breweries you know you're a lot of these buildings are older um some are quite la Choulette is quite old um and also the, the history of brewing for example uh alain Dossi, um, the head brewer uh, at, at La Choulette, I mean, he's just a, just a trove of information about French brewing history. Um, you know, Daniel Thierry has been brewing for quite some time. He's in an old, old, old building as well, a lovely little tap room. Um, and it's and each one has its, it's they're very idiosyncratic in terms of their brewing systems because it's, you know, they're not just ordering a new, you know, new tanks from a supplier, you know, from 10 years ago. These Some of these buildings have been there for, you know, 100, 200, 300 years um, and, you know, they're all working in their own way to kind of figure out how to brew in these situations. And a lot of them were, you know, in, even in France or, and, and for Belgium, might only distribute locally to some small places and then a few larger cities. But, um, you know, they're not considered the bigger names. And it's great to give people, the, the visitors that come on our tour, to show them, like, these are all the different breweries, the different styles, Um it's just something you don't see in the U.S. the same way that you can see there. And we want to bring people and let them understand this is why we decided to import this beer from this brewery. And these are the people who make these beers. Because um, it's really fascinating. Well, now we, this, what's this, the Duranqui? Was it XX? Double X? No, this is the Extra. Tyrier Extra. Tyrier. This is Tyrier Extra. <clears throat> One of my favorite beers in the world, I must add. So it's, and everyone talks about, you know, like double dry hopped, you know, IPAs and pale ales. But it seems like some, some of the beers in your portfolio, so the... De La Seine, the Taurus Bulba, the Duranqui XX, the Terrier Extra Dry. Aren't they kind of like a dry hopped pale ale? Or You want to talk about that, how the French and, and the Belgians might have been ahead of American craft beer? Any well, stories these are styles, like that? These are styles that have been in the, those areas for a long time. Um, they weren't just invented yesterday and they didn't just think, oh, we just shove hops in there and it makes it awesome. It was always a balance. And they have really beautiful European hops there. 
and the yeast are actually used for other breweries around the world too. Terrier yeast. Terrier so yeast. Yeah, a lot of uh, farmhouse uh, ales coming out of the U.S. use the Terrier yeast. Right. Um, and, and as Joel said, it's in balance between the malt and the hops. Uh, the the extra is dry hopped. I don't think the Taras Bulba is dry hopped. Yeah, and the point is that you're not blasting somebody with one flavor or another. It's just the perfect balance. And this is really what we always liked about the beers that we started bringing over in the early days, including Cantillon, honestly. It wasn't about extremes whatsoever. And now we have to play with that a little bit because that's just how the business is. But that's what's beautiful about these kind of breweries and, and true of uh, and the Franconia tour as well. It's just this beautifully balanced beer that's something that in a way is an introduction to something else from what we, the culture is here sometimes. I found that like the thing, the really nice thing about European beers especially is that like, because they're so indicative of that place. And that's a thing that all American breweries totally are all about now. They're like, well, this is our microflora. This is our terroir. You know, we bring these beers. I know you guys, part of your portfolio is Jester King. And, you know, they love, they love their, their, I mean, they make incredible beers, but they love, and it's true though, they talk about how their beers have this sense of place, like the way wine has terroir and stuff. Breweries like Thierrier, I mean, like they, they make those beers in, in, the, in France, in that area of France, you know, it might be different a hundred miles away, you know, but that's, where he lives, that's the microflora that they have there. And Jester King, for that reason, because they are really into that terroir and the locality, they've, they've brewed collaborations with Thierrier, with right. De La Seine, with Au Baron, because each one, you know, even if they're using similar ingredients from that region, you know, there definitely is a house flavor and a house culture. And you can put some of it down to the yeast, but some of it is, yeah, the microflora. Even though you're Water. not using wild yeast, they're using cultured yeast, but... There's is something, and each system is just so completely different. Some of them, some of the older ones, like La Chulette, they still got copper vessels, you know, that are over 100 years old. Um, there's a lot of what you call the hot side aeration that a lot of American brewers would sh- just like, oh no, you can't have that exposure to oxygen to the hot wort because you just. But you know, it's just like splashing out. It's you know they, <laughs> and it still comes out with this lovely beer, which is just full of character. It's a whole different experience, and that's the point of spending the money and going over there. And that's what we like to do as much as possible. And so we're just offering that experience. So and we cool. think it's a, pr- a pretty a pretty great time. Well, these yeah. are like, these are three beers that I've, I drank for years and I could still drink for years. So one more time, we get De La Seine, Taurus Bulba, the Thierrier Extra Dry. And we had Durenki XX2, didn't we? Uh, not no. today. Oh, yeah, not let's today. say we did. So <laughs> it kind of, it, it, to me, it, it, it all, I, I like that backstory about it. I remember when I first met you guys and met your brother Dan, you talked about the the history of Belgium and that part of of the world, and how the use of hops um, was was common. Um, you want to go more into that? And I, I feel like that there's more of a story there than we're getting at. Well, I mean, that's was uh, northern France and southern Belgium is part of the hop growing region, and uh, you know it was. They also grow grain, uh, malt. It was too cold to grow grapes, so that's why you have brewing in that area. Uh, and there's still a lot of hop fields, uh, both in northern France and southern Belgium. Paparinga is the big hop town that a lot of people know in Belgium. Um, there is uh, the northern brewer uh, is one, or sorry, uh, Brewer's Gold is one of the hops that's grown locally that a lot of these brewers use. Uh, there's also Strischelspalt, which was uh, it's known more, grown more in the Alsace, but it has a little different flavor profile when it's grown up in northern France. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of hops. So beer back in the day would have had a nice hoppy note to it. And that's what Yvonne from De La Seine, he's done a lot of research on this and found like a lot of people think of Belgian beers as big and boozy and sweet triples and Trappist, you know, yeah. Trappist sure. styles. Mm-hmm. Historically, Candy, historically, <clears throat> historically not. 
not necessarily. That's right. something that popped up recently since the, since the uh, micro beer boom or the craft beer boom. So, you know, the fact that a lot of beers would have had these the hoppy notes and, you know, maybe a lower ABV, um, and these brewers that we work with, some of them are, are now doing using these older recipes. So these, like the Tyria's, the extra dry, what's that, like four, four like four and a half something? percent, yeah. Same as Taurus Bulba. Taurus Bulba. Mm-hmm. And how do these move for you, Alex? I mean, in terms of, like, just numbers, I mean, one thing I love about Spite and Dive, well, I love the short six six drafts i love that that's kind of carefully curated but i also love the the range you must have like easily 50 quality bottles of beer at any time about 100 actually but um we definitely I knew have that, but i wanted you to say yeah, i know <laughs> um we have i mean we definitely have our favorites and um i personally being the beer buyer i personally have my favorites too and i like to put those beers up when they come by terrace bulba is one of my favorite beers of all time that's what desert island beer for me i could drink that every day for the rest of my life and uh you know this this Thierry, like i said I, I love them they're lovely people their beers are amazing and i when it's if we get it on draft, it's like magic. It's one of the best things ever. So, you know, we, we have no problem moving these beers, bringing them in. You know, I like having permanent. We don't really have like permanent things, too many permanent items on our list. Like some Belgian things, I like to have some Trappists and, you know, but um, a lot of the Belgian stuff we like to keep on because that's what we're known for. And, and they're so good. And, the world is so filled with so much good beer right now it's also really good to remember that that these beers are still there you know and they're just as good as they were well before you know quadruple hopped hazy ipa stuff happened you know so all right let's take one more short break we'll be back in a minute on beer sessions radio all right Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Allison Kane, and I'm the host of In the Sauce here on HRN. Now that I'm expanding my cooking school to a sauce line in grocery stores, I need all the help I can get. And I want to help other entrepreneurs build their brands too. You can find In the Sauce wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, we got uh, BR, Roya, and Joel Sheldon from Sheldon Brothers, and Alex from Spite and Dival. We're talking about Peche Mortal, the Dudecial Imperial Coffee Stout. BR, you have a question for Alex? Or are you going to say something before the break? Oh, no, I, we, when we were talking about uh, our, our Belgian and French tour and the beers, the, the De La Seine and the Tirier and those other beers, and you, you know, Alex was saying how they're just going back to these enjoyable beers and they're just they're they're beers that i want to say are happy to sit in the background they're very social beers where you can sit there with a pint of them and it doesn't demand your attention it's not they're not aggressive in your face 10 percent or super you know triple dry hopped um and it's very it's, it's like i said they're beers you can sip and you all before you know it you're done with a pint and you're talking with your friends um, you know, it's much, and you're not screaming. You mean, and not screaming. <laughs> That's the best thing about it. If you have friends, but then you have friends. <laughs> That's how you make friends, right? Without beer, you don't have friends. <laughs> True for me. True for all of us. <laughs> and Alex, so, so sat, Saturday, it's going to be very ambitious at Spite and Dial. We're going to have six different Pesci Mortel yeah. kegs. Mm-hmm. And how, how is someone going to? You have a sampling program. How can I go and taste all six? Well, I think we're going to do. We're going to do. Uh, 
Well, we knew we only generally speaking do two sizes of pours. It's fine. We have a pint and then we have a 12 ounce. But I think for this one, we'll probably offer all the peche as 12 and 6 ounces too because we have little like snifter glasses. That way people can have more of it and spread it around a little bit. More. So I can try the, the barrel barrel age. I can have the whiskey. Yeah. You also, I mean, they're big beers too, so you don't want to drink. I mean, we do have people that come in and do that and <laughs> just spend all afternoon and have a great time. And um, I'm one of those people. But um, I'm a Peche Mortel fan too. Yeah. It's also, just a quick note too, it's also, um, it's, it's or talking about Belgian beers, it's also Orval Day. Uh, which is a new kind of festival day that they just started a couple of years ago. And all the proceeds of it go to um, a charity of the monastery's uh, choice. Um, so it's cool. So we have we have Original Sin, right? No, that's the name of the beer. Original Sin is Special no. Mortal right? So we have this like black... Oh, no, no, uh, uh, Mortal Sin. M- mortal Sin, Mortal Sin, not Original. Yeah. Deadly Sin, right. Um, not Pesh Mortel, Jimmy, which means Deadly Peach. Peche. <laughs> so we're gonna have deadly uh, sin. We're gonna have like tr- all these vintages of Orval because we have a pretty cool vintage collection of stuff that I've been holding on to from the past few years, and um, going back f- at least five years, um, six years worth of Orval. But we'll also have at the same time, like when your palate gets totally destroyed by drinking or uh, Peche Mortel, you can have something really light and clean to kind of so you're gonna have five or six years of orval available yeah totally we did a show on orval a few years ago too so i think we tasted that yeah it's gonna be a great day i mean the people it's funny because what happened like pesha mortel day was always a great day and they randomly or maybe it was deliberate i don't know randomly the orval people decided that that was going to be the same day they were going to have their day the same day and so we participated in both and it was like you had this great dichotomy of customers who were coming in be like, no, I love Pesha Mortel. Well, I also love Orval. So then you'd have people turning it on to the other, one thing onto the other people. And all of a sudden it was like, everybody loved everything <laughs> by the end of the day. And, uh, it was great. It was totally awesome. And, you know, so yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll have, we'll have them all in s- some smaller sizes if for that stuff too. Which bottle, is good the, for or, me. Yeah. Orval's by the bottle. Unfortunately, they don't make that on draft. I'll, I'll be coming from Muggs's, Muggs Ale House in Williamsburg is also doing their annual Split Dice Split Skull. skull. Just all big beers, Jeez. so it can be it could be a messy weekend. I think it's gonna be awesome. You make some new friends by <laughs> drinking beer. We're gonna be screaming, Joel. Who's gonna be screaming? I might be busy. <laughs> Alex, I wanted to ask a little more about. So, like, as a you know beer bar manager, how did you set an Orval Vintage program? You know, what's your storage like? Uh, how how do you well because of the, take something like because that? of the because of the facilities we have uh, because we have. Our sister restaurant is St. Anselm, and they're next door. And uh, we have the whole building above. A lot of people don't know this, but the whole building above St. Anselm is the offices and storage for Joe's company, the Carroll Group. And um, we have a lot of space up there, for, especially for wine. So there's some cold rooms. Like, not cold, but like cellar temperature rooms. And, uh, you know, he was cool enough. But I said, hey, man, would it be cool if I kind of started putting some things, you know, the things that I liked, especially things that I like to drink that are, like, age really well like the dole and some of these belgian beers and stuff like that and, and um he was like yeah of course cool go for it so you know put some things away you know put it by a case here a case there put it away and forget about it let it get dusty and then uh you know later you pull it out and people are like whoa where did you get that you know and actually i was to say about as a good reference to split thy skull too 
uh, it's, it's Ed, right? That's a cousin. Mm-hmm. Ed, um, Ed has like one of the deepest cellars like out there. Mugs, house, yeah. Mugs, his his cellar. I mean, he's been holding. He's been doing that. What I just talked about. He's been doing that for over twenty years. So he's got some incredible stuff, you know, buried down there. Barley wines. Oh my stuff, god, yeah. yeah. So. Do you think he has any Spanish beers? I don't think he has any <laughs> Spanish beers. Speaking of Spanish beers, though, <laughs> what is this delightful Spanish beer we're this drinking? Is, this is a beer from Edge of Barcelona, the Apasionada. A little light, sour beer. Delicious, I think. It's delightful. Speak, speaking of peach, it has a little peach, kind of a peachy flavor to it, a little yeasty, peachy flavor. Will we be visiting Edge on our Barcelona tour? That's the first Joe? brewery we'll be, t- we'll be visiting on our tour in Barcelona. So you, you love, you've been talking about the Spanish beer tour <laughs> oh, yeah. for like two months. Jimmy, I'm the so only... So you get to talk about it now. I'm the only person in America selling Spanish craft beer. And you're looking serious when you say... Yeah. You, you have nothing don't, else to say. Don't mess with me. But t- tell us the tour then. Quick, quick... Uh, so so we, we talked a bit about the France-Belgium, which is awesome. And I think it's... Actually, it's not exactly sold out, but I think we have a couple it's more be- spaces. So, that, so it's Catalonia. It's beautiful countryside. Yeah, so right? Catalonia, as they say, in in, in the, uh, it's it's uh, trying to be a different country, but it's the Mediterranean coast of northern Spain, and uh, Barcelona being the capital and, and a beautiful place on its own right, whether you go for the beer or not. And in fact, a lot of our tour has to do with tapas, and we're going to go to natural wine bars. We're going to uh, a winery to try ta- uh, cava, all kinds of things. So it's it's mixing all these things. It's not just about just drinking IPAs or something. Um, Do you have cider on that? Too? Uh, little, you know, you know, it's Spanish interesting. Cidra is not Cidre, is not right. very popular, and uh, we'll probably get some in one of the bars, and they pour it the right way and everything. But uh, there's just Barcelona is basically the bar capital of the world. There's different drinks everywhere and different food everywhere, and that's really what the thing's focusing on. But the fact is, there's great breweries there now, and it wasn't like that just ten years ago. And so it's a little bit of a change from our France-Belgium tour or our Germany tour where those places have been steeped in beer for so long. So it's a little, it's a contrast. And it's a whole like crazy little giddy little new scene there and really, really fun. And uh, there are some great beers uh, from Edge. We're going to a, 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 a can release the same night. We're going to, uh, oh, the next night we're going to uh, Black Lab, which is an American expat brewing in Barcelona by the ocean. And the same night, we're going to a can release at Garage Brewing, which is sort of a British expat brewery there, which is a great place. I think we've had their beer here in New York a little bit. And, uh, and it goes on from there. But it, it, and uh, we're trying Edge right now, which is, I think is really nice. Apasionata, it's called. So they make all kinds of beer in Spain now. They, IPA is the most popular locally, but they make a lot of sours. Ipa. Barrel aged. Ipa. Yeah, Ipa. yeah. No, it's a really a real blast. So I hope some people will will get in touch with me about going on that tour in June, which is a beautiful time. We're going to be at the beach as well, so don't miss it. And so d- does it include airfare, hotels, what? Uh, airfare, we, we like to keep that not part of it because people we encourage people to go off on their own before that and go around before they go there and go afterwards. And it's too complicated for us. We're not, we don't want to be travel agents exactly. So it just includes <laughs> most of the stuff involved in the tour, most of the food, most of the drinks and all that. But so you sh- and all the hotels. You show the hotels, up at a certain... Yeah. Where do you show up at? The hotel first? Where do you check in? Or you show up at the... At yeah, a, at basically, you get there. We, we, want, we want people who are savvy about getting around a little bit because it's part of the experience. You know, we want people who know how to travel and stuff because we want to experience what the Shelton Brothers experience. So like, basically, you fly into Barcelona, you get to the hotel and we... But we'll take it from there and give you some free time as well to explore on your own. When you get sick of us, you can have free time. But it's it's a lot of stuff happening. It's going to be a crazy 
experience in Barcelona. What about, is it kid-friendly? Like, say, Alex goes with his three-year-old? Or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Barcelona is the best one for a three-year-old, because there's going to be very late nights. Franconia. I was trying to tell Alex before the show. Franconia yeah, is where he should bring his kid. Yeah. In, northern, in northern Bavaria, where people bring their kids to the beer garden. So that's a whole nother, whole nother tour, which is totally separate from all these other ones we're talking about. So. What, who's on that tour? Because that's the other one I want to go on. First. Oh, well, we can, with some of the best loggers in the world, we go to Mars, yes. we go to Kaysmon across the street, it was great Pilsner. Yes. We go to Bayer, which is a beer we used to import in Gravity Kegs, which is yes. maybe one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. Munksenbacher, which is about 10 miles away, maybe the other best beer I ever had in my life. And then we go to a town called Zeil uh, uh, on Main, where we import Guller from. It's a Rauch beer, but it's a wine town, so we're going to have wine that night. And it just sort of goes from there. We go to a bunch of beer gardens. We go to a couple of big fests, including Klumbacher Beer Voka. So we're going to be hoisting leaders and wearing lederhosen. It's the whole thing. Leaders and lederhosen. But it's not yeah. It's not, just, <laughs> not like going to Oktoberfest. It's like going to a real German fest where it's all locals and, and you, you go nuts. But it's, it's, it's the real well, thing. Those three right there, Alex. I mean, we've got to go because we've got let's go. Belgium and France. I mean, like right now. Some of my let's favorite go. breweries. Barcelona for the lifestyle. I mean, and oh. i got to check it out. When is the German one again? Uh, that's July 25 through 31. Okay. So it's a perfect time, and it's really nice and warm there, so you can just drink liter after liter. I mean, I would never do that, but you can do it if you want. <laughs> and one day in Montreal. Well, these go well, and it's up to your listeners, Jimmy, to make this go well this year. So how that's do they I, find out about the Shelton Brothers Tours? Well, you go look up, uh, what's it called? Insider in, Tours. Is it called Shelton? It's just called Insider Tours. Oh boy, that's maybe that's our problem. Uh, we, if you Google <laughs> Shelton Brothers Insider Tours, you'll see the uh, itinerary. And there's the Instagram at Shelton Brothers Tours as well. I saw that. Yeah, it's out there. Uh, I think we just we we're not the greatest at getting stuff out there sometimes. But uh, if you if you take a look, you'll see how how awesome it's going to be. And uh, you really have to see these places in person. Well, know? I just love what you guys are doing. I mean, I, I love that now so many of the American craft brewers are like going over. Uh, making beers with with these obscure small brewers that I always loved and, and I was associated with you guys and uh, it was fun tasting through these different beers today. And Alex, man, you you keep keep the flame going. You and Joe Carroll over there. Spite and Dial has always been one of my favorite beer bars in New York. Same Thanks, here. Jim. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So let's everyone go around just to say their name one more time and we'll sign off. BR with Shelton Brothers. Hey, I'm Alex from Spite and Dival. I'm Joel with Shelton Brothers. And I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host. Big shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, Matt Patterson, uh, intern, assistant producer, Dylan Hoyer. I think it's her last night. So thank you, Dylan, for six good months. And uh, Aaliyah Pops will be our new intern. She's here today, too. So got a lot of great people here helping out on Heritage Radio Network. This is our 10th year, 10th anniversary. So everybody, we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.